Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Good morning, world. Welcome into Trust the Tape, episode 37,926. I'm Jeff Kavanaugh. Going radio voice today. And I'll stop right there. Alongside my co-host, the great Dane Brugler, NFLDraftScout.com. Today, he says he'd like to be called The Brug. So everybody welcome the Brug. That's a false fake news. Oh, but, uh, I just made that up. But hey, I wanted to start the day with a sweet nickname. JC, how are we doing today? The Brew Diggle. Oh, we're doing great. Oh, we have chaos. We do There's have nothing chaos. better than chaos in college football. That's so. what November college football in November. That's what <laughs> that's what it's for. Shout out to all the phony teams that we thought were good that got dominated this weekend <laughs> and it's over for them. It's all over. I don't know. Are, are any teams... I mean, no, I guess Notre Dame. Notre, everyone's alive. You're talking about Notre Dame. No, everyone's alive. Because I don't Notre know Dame. what's going to happen the rest of the way. Everyone's alive. Well, Notre Dame does have that conference champion. Oh, wait. They don't have that conference champion. Oh, yeah. So. They have to join a conference. I already told you. That's why they weren't in my top four. Yeah. Join a conference. Well, and, and then, then we'll talk. Is, that loss to Miami is a reason why they could benefit from joining a conference because they'd still be in it if they were in the ACC, if they are in the Big Ten. But because they do have those two losses to two very good teams, Georgia and Miami... Uh, they are dumb, but let's start with Georgia at Auburn. I, I don't think, I mean, I didn't see that coming. Did you? I, I thought this would be a competitive game until the end. I still thought Georgia was the better team. Uh, and it really, it, it started as a competitive game. I mean, Georgia had the lead after the first quarter. They went down and scored on their opening drive. It's not like this was a blowout, but after that, uh, after that first quarter, it was just all downhill from there. Jarrett Stidham had a great game. Uh, I think he did a nice job taking what the Georgia defense would give him, taking a few timely deep shots. The story of the Auburn for of the game for Auburn was Carryon Johnson uh, at running back, 233 yards of total offense. He has been the difference between Auburn beginning of the year and Auburn now. Uh, what he's been able to do on the ground, credit to the offensive line as well. He's averaged over 30 offensive touches the last four games. And he's put himself right back in that Heisman discussion. So he's leading the SEC in rushing, uh, both yards and touchdowns. He doesn't have those dom- dominant physical traits, but at 215 pounds, good speed. I love his decision-making as a runner. So on Johnson not only has Auburn kind of controlling their own path uh, to a possible playoff spot, but he's also right there in the Heisman discussion uh, You know, for everyone except Baker Mayfield. Well, yeah, no, Baker already won it. He, he's the favorite. He's the, clear, clear favorite. But The Georgia-Auburn game went uh, the exact opposite of what I thought was going to happen. I'm kind of used to Georgia controlling the line of scrimmage on defense and yeah. running it down people's throats whenever they want to. Yeah. And it just kind of flipped. But I have a new appreciation because I'm a guy who talks about college sports without ever having been to a major college game, which is my fault, so I'd like to apologize to everyone. <laughs> uh, I now understand that home field advantage matters. I was in Norman over the weekend. This is the first and home big time field college. Match. Yes, okay. yes. And now I've been to Abilene Christian games right. as, as right. one of the greatest players of all time to never record a stat, uh, but never to a major college game. And just being in Norman and watching that TCU game, 
I understand what it can be like playing in front of eighty to a hundred thousand that go bonkers when you have yeah. the ball and are dead silent when their team has the ball. Well, that's quite an advantage for Auburn, especially when you have a freshman, true freshman quarterback yeah. uh, at Georgia, and that's what Auburn did. They shut down the run. Uh, I don't think Georgia had a, a a rush on the ground for double digits. Uh, so shut down the run, and then you know you force uh, Fromm to beat you through the air, which. He hasn't proven at this point that he can do. I mean, he can. He's proven he can make a few timely throws, but we know that Georgia offense is built on the running game with Michelle and uh, Chubb and, and the freshmen and the young guys. So, yeah, credit to Auburn and the SEC is going to be really interesting now. These last three weeks, uh, can Auburn beat Bama? They can. They oh, got him yeah. at home too. After what we saw with Alabama and Mississippi State, and Mississippi State had the the lead uh, into the fourth quarter and. You know they had a very good chance to win that game. Alabama, with the injuries they have on defense at the linebacker position, especially uh, Minka Fitzpatrick beat up a little bit. Uh, you know Jalen Hurts is a good player, but he's not a dominant player. He's not a guy that's going to put a team on his back on offense, especially when Calvin Ridley's basically you know his main target, and then there's a big drop off after that. Um, Calvin Ridley's a badass. He is absolutely. But it's it's going to set up for a pretty exciting Iron Bowl, and I don't think that's something we were thinking a couple weeks ago. And what, so, what do they play for? Is that the Iron Skillet? What do they play for? Uh, I honestly don't know. Is there is there a trinket that they play for? Maybe. I don't know. I'll have to check it. I'll I don't figure know. it out. Yeah. I'll let you know. But it's it's really setting up for a a fun ending, and you know we'll get to the playoff here in a little bit. But man, it's it's the the committee could have some tough decisions to make with. Uh, based on some of the outcomes of these games the next few weeks. But uh, moving on with some of the other recaps, Notre Dame at Miami, another one where... Blowout. Didn't see that coming. Destroyed. I I thought Miami was the fraud. Well, you're talking about home field advantage? Yeah. We we bust on Miami quite a bit when, you know, it's it's a noon kick and the stadium's half full and, you know, but you look at game day and the crowd they had there and then at night... At, at that stadium, it was rocking. That's because game day was probably um, symbolic of Miami having a football team again. Like It's been a long time, and now you get to be Miami again. Were you talking about, Maybe. S- you're talking about symbolic? How about the the chain? I mean, I, at the first, chain is awesome. At first, I thought, that, eh, it's kind of cheesy, but watching that game on Saturday night, and after a turnover, seeing the guy who made the interception – you know, Jaquan Johnson at safety race over the sideline. His teammates racing with him. Everyone going nuts. The assistant coach placing, you know, I, I knight you uh, with this. <laughs> the with this ceremony chain. of gold chain. And it, it just, it's amazing how it's just a, just this unifying thing for that team. And it works. And so. Really unfortunate that that's what it takes to get guys to play hard is that they need to get to be able to win the chain. Well, that's why Emmy's been bad for so long. They didn't have the chain. How did they got it? They play hard. We're talking about 19, 20, 21 year old kids. You know, you don't know what, what buttons to push sometimes, but Hey, if that's what it's going to take, so be it. But it, that was a fun game for, if you're a Miami fan for Notre Dame, at least thoughts think, and prayers. You knew it was over pretty quickly. At least you know. I don't think it was like a heartbreaker where you lost in the fourth quarter. You knew pretty quickly it was over. I just kept watching the scoreboard because I'm at the OU game. I just kept right. watching. They had the I had the Bama game on TV, so I'd watch it a little bit. But the Notre Dame Miami game, it might have been on. I don't know. 
but they just have a scoreboard that runs around the stadium a little bit, mm. and it'll pop up scores once in a while. And I was just counting every new Miami <laughs> touchdown. It was like twenty something, thirty something. <laughs> well, wow! The key to the game was you know the athleticism of the Miami defensive line versus the power of the Notre Dame offensive line, but Miami showed power too because they overwhelmed that offensive line at times. Josh Adams had two point five yards per rush. And again, you know, we talk about with Georgia, you shut down the run, make the true freshman beat you. That's the recipe against Notre Dame. You shut down the run, you make Brandon Wimbush put the ball in the air, and we saw the results. It was not pretty. Um, a couple of interceptions, especially that pick six right before halftime, that was just a killer. Uh, it, you know, really knocked Notre Dame out of this game very early. So, uh, you know, I, I, I've heard the, you know, is Miami back? Uh, so many times the last you know forty eight uh you know thirty six hours, but I don't know. I if they get well, to the playoff, a, it's maybe the closest back. they've been in a long it time is. to being. It is now if they get to the playoff, I think a little more validity to that. Um, but it's that ACC championship game is setting up to be fun. Uh, we talking about the Iron Bowl, how that's setting up to be fun. Clemson, hey, they made it interesting against Florida State. They they barely pulled it out at the end. But that Clemson versus uh, Miami in the ACC championship game, uh, it's a play-in game for the playoff, assuming uh, still have a few more games to go. Clemson has to beat South Carolina. Uh, Miami, I think, has, what, Virginia and Pitt. So a couple more games to go. But assuming they win out, uh, that should be a fun ending to uh, the ACC, which has a, certainly has a... The best conference in football, Dane. they got two teams good in resume. the top four. I, this week they will. The, this week the they ACC will. is the best conference. It's not the best conference. Uh, Who's next, Dane? Which let's talk team about, should we talk about? Let's talk about what the game where you were at. Yeah. Uh, TCU at Oklahoma. The game is in Norman. Never close. I don't think that this was as surprising as the first two games we talked about. I think you know Oklahoma's favored. They had you know uh, arguably the best player in the country with uh, Baker Mayfield. And I, don't, I think you're right. It wasn't close. Um, he wasn't the best. As you uh, say. Well, he was the best player on the field, but he didn't even have the best game on the field. Yeah. The best game was OU's running back Rodney Anderson, who I'd never heard of coming into this year. And so I had to tweet at you because after seeing a game live and watching that dude run the ball, catch the ball, run routes. He's good. I don't know if I saw him in pass protection. If I did, I didn't care because I wasn't paying attention to it because I was drinking beer and watching <laughs> college football. But the dude can run the ball. Yeah. He runs through tacklers. He runs around tacklers. He catches it. He even catches it down the field. Like, that dude is a player. Yeah, he really is. Rodney Anderson is a freaking player. And he got there, it looks like, in 2015. And I guess he got hurt a lot because he had a medical red shirt. Yeah. Then didn't play in 16 with another injury. So it's his first go but he would be draft eligible. He would, right? He would. He, and he come missed, on, Rodney. He missed all of last year with a neck injury, and then coming into this year with P. Ryan gone, with Mixon gone, a lot of questions about okay, who's going to be that running back that steps up? And Rodney Anderson, he didn't play much over the first half of the season. I think he only had like 15 touches total the first five games. Uh, you know, still working him back from that neck injury, but the last you know four or five weeks, he's been on a tear. Uh, against TCU, which TCU came into this week number six in the nation in de- total defense. Um, now I think that, I bet they're like number fifteen now. It, they were exposed in this game. Uh, they're they're not a top ten defense in college football. They're still a solid defense. Gary P- Patterson coach defense. Rodney Anderson, one hundred fifty one yards rushing, one hundred thirty nine yards receiving, four total touchdowns. Uh, I mean, he's emerged as the most important player 
on that team not named Baker Mayfield with the contributions that he can. He takes so much pressure off of Mayfield because then he doesn't have to do as much uh, with his arm. He doesn't have to run as much. Uh, so that takes a lot of pressure off Mayfield. It, it's a really, it kind of like carry on Johnson, what he's been for Auburn down the stretch. That's what Rodney Anderson is proving to be for Oklahoma. Uh, I mean, really kicking it into gear at the right time to make this late surge. So for for Oklahoma, you have to feel really good about your uh, playoff chances at this point. A couple games left to go, but... Well, and with Baker, I get to make outlandish statements. You can't because you've already done tape study on all these guys before the year started, so you can rank them more properly. Give me Baker Mayfield. If I'm playing a football game, forget Josh Rosen, forget Josh Allen. Give me Baker Mayfield. The only thing that he's going to get knocked for is he's going to be six foot tall. That's going to be his only shortcoming. He's got the arm. He run. He doesn't run to run. He runs mm-hmm. to throw. He's moving around to throw. He feels the pocket. He reads a defense. He delivers an accurate ball. Baker Mayfield looks like he has everything except height. Based on what you knew of Baker Mayfield going in, what you've seen on TV, and now that you saw him in person at the game. I saw uh, him after the game, too, walking to the car. Yeah. He's not real big. I might <laughs> want him to add about 8 to 10 pounds. Uh, what, wh- how did your opinion change of him? What, what are your thoughts now? Cause I mean, seeing a guy in person, I remember when I saw Carson Wentz, uh, at North Dakota state in person for the first time at the FCS championship game, I was sold right then and there. I was seeing him play in person, seeing the ball come off his hand, seeing him interact with his teammates, uh, all of that. I was okay. This guy's a first round pick. No, don't, I mean, it's an easy, easy pick with Baker Mayfield. What was it like for you seeing him in person compared to kind of the preconceived notions and just based on what you saw on TV before? I thought when you watch him, you can see that a college football game, like it's chaos, right? That's mm-hmm. it, it, It's chaos, but it looks easy for him. He thrives like, in chaos. Like that moment is so easy yeah. for him. It's like, I don't care where defenders are. Yes, I'm going to escape. Yes, I'm going to break the tackle, whatever. And it looks like he is totally calm while everything around him is insane And I wonder how he's going to stack up on the intangible meter because yeah, the guy drinks beer. Listen, I don't know if I can say this after the game, he's walking by. I'm there with my girlfriend, her sister, her sister's boyfriend. Mm -hmm. Her sister is a young, attractive lady Mm -hmm. who says, let's get baked. She yells it at Baker. He turns and says, you got a beer? (laughs) Oh no, Baker, don't say that. (laughs) Of course, I don't think he knew he was walking by a uh, world famous media guy. Breaking news on uh, Trust the Tape. Yeah, in a in an OU hoodie. <laughs> just like no, 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 stop with the beer. Like we're trying, we're trying to get drunk. Dude here, likes. Man. The, I mean, he likes the party. I don't think uh, that's and that's not a check mark in the intangible box. But right. where he where he does get it, I think at least on that team is as the unquestioned leader. Yeah. Like before that game, he called out the fans, not in a negative way, but he called out the fans, like, hey. You know, you need us to play. I need you. We you, need you to show you heard, up. You heard your captain, and you went right to Norman yeah, to support and him. I did. I heard him, so I went running uh, because I was told I had to by my girlfriend. And, like, he comes out, and after half, just after half, their whole team runs out in their line so the crowd can cheer. He doesn't go with the line. He does a full lap around the stadium doing the hands up, like, come on, let's go. This thing's not over. Like, he's he he is born to lead. Yeah. So I think he's going to check a lot of boxes unless beer is a problem. Well, it, it doesn't seem like that energy is forced in any way. It seems like that's just natural. Like, that's he he's a caffeinated pop. He's a swag daddy. Pop. He's I mean, a swag soda. daddy. He's, yeah, Love he, it or hate it. And it's genuine. It really does feel like that. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting because, you know, a lot of people thought Manziel had the intangibles because of some of those same things, those same qualities. But the difference here is Mayfield's a much older. I mean, he's an older guy. Um, and you have to hope. He's legally drinking. 
True. Exactly. That, that's a, hey, that's a good point. Uh, that it does count. So with Mayfield, I think uh, teams are going to be sold on him based on the on-field and the off-field charisma and what he brings to not not only the field but the locker room and your team. And I think I just need to see him on the chalkboard. Like you're an NFL right. front office and coaching staff, well, and you're and, like, hey, okay. here's what we do, or here's what's going to be different from what you're doing here. And can right. he soak that up and spit it back out? Like, is he is he a book guy? Does he care? The physical traits don't bother me as much. You know, he's going to measure probably six foot and a half around there, between six foot and six one. Um, I do think he it would be it would benefit him to put on a few more pounds. I mean, he's probably going to be two ten, two fifteen. If he can get closer to two twenty, great. That, that, that's I think that's all you need. Uh, arm strength, I'm fine with. Biggest thing for me is, and you don't necessarily see this on TV, but when you watch him on tape. His eyes, and you mentioned how he's comfortable when everything gets chaotic and frantic. I think his mind is fine because he has such a quick processor, but his eyes are so frantic that a lot of times he'll miss open receivers. He'll miss, he'll, he'll lose track of defenders. We saw that in the Oklahoma State game, especially that. When he threw the pick at the end? Yeah, he, he just, he, his, his eyes are, he goes through his progressions. He sees the whole field, but sometimes he's so quick doing it that he misses defenders and that can lead to some uh, mistakes. And then uh, I was watching a Texas tape last week and there was a, a moment, um, I'll have to tweet out this video, but he's so, so frantic, so moving around and his eyes are all over the place. There's a wide open receiver in the end zone right in front of him 20 yards away and he just couldn't see him. So I think if he can learn to calm his eyes uh, and get better uh, in that respect. That's something that I want to see him do. But again, we're talking about, I think we're talking about a first round player here. We're talking yeah. about a guy who, again, I, coming into the year over the summer, I, I thought second round, that's the grade I have on him. But I've only liked him more and more the more I've seen him. Um, it, it, Athleticism is becoming so important. Like escapability oh, yeah. is becoming so important. His offensive line play is getting worse and worse. I just watched Dak Prescott almost die. Like yeah. you've got to be able to move in this league now. So I think he's got that as a big old check mark. And it'll be interesting with the senior bowl. He's going to get an invite. Um, and if you're Baker Mayfield, you know, and he's clear- senior bowl has helped so many high draft picks lately oh, yeah. that I think people, cause I think a lot of people would dodge it because it's like, well, what if I go out there and somebody's better than me? What if, you know, That's, what if it hurts AJ my Mc, stock? AJ McCarron did that. Connor but Cook did that. Yeah. Geno Smith did that. There are plenty but, of quarterbacks that have done that. But it, but it, only it helps, helps you. so many. It only helps you. It really does. Because if you go in and you struggle a little bit. Zach Martin, Aaron Donald, oh, yeah. um, well, and Sheldon just, Rankins. Like so many guys sure. got propelled up by the senior bowl. And let's just keep it at the quarterback position for, for now. I mean, you look at Dak and Carson Wentz, what they did. But I, I think... If you struggle a little bit, you know what? You're thrown into a situation with guys you never played with, with coaching you've never had before. You're expected to struggle a little bit. But if you go in and show that you're competent, then guess what? You're gonna it's, you're gonna help yourself. You're gonna get that NFL coaching. You're gonna take snaps under center. Uh, you're gonna throw to NFL style routes. So for Baker Mayfield going to the Senior Bowl, hopefully he accepts. Hopefully he goes because uh, it'd be great to see him in that setting, right next to some of these other quarterbacks. Uh, I think Josh Allen, he's gonna get an invite. Mason Rudolph will get an invite. Luke Falk will get an invite. Then it'll be interesting to see who get those final two. I think JT Barrett has a good chance of getting one. So uh, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully Baker accepts when he does get that get that invite because it'd be great to see him there. All um, right, what else we got to do? We got, that was we, good. I like a good Baker Mayfield talk. I got a bunch of notes we want to run through here quick. Okay. Uh, just to, the whole college landscape. Stanford beat Washington on Friday night. That was kind of a shocker, but well, that killed the back twelve. It pretty much does. I Rest mean, in peace. 
Could USC, if they went out and be it, they'll be a two loss Pac 12 champion if they went out. You would need help. You can't you go in ahead a of, of a two loss SEC champ or a two loss Ohio State. As so. long as you have a one loss big, like the Big 12 needs to have a one loss champion, right. they're in trouble too, right? So, like OU now, you have to beat TCU again. Now, after watching those two play, I don't doubt that they will. I'm sorry, Horn Frogs. Yeah. But if they play again, like think about this oh, you didn't try in the second half on offense. Oh, they yeah. really didn't. They had 38 no. at half. And their plan was run, run, pass, punt, mm-hmm. and then if it gets close, we'll open it back up. Like they were, they just coasted out an entire half of football. Agreed. So I don't think they have a problem being a one-loss champ. So I think OU is going to make the playoff. The ACC title game will determine a playoff spot. The SEC title game will determine a playoff spot. Three are gone, and we have, and that kind of brings us to Ohio State. Uh, this is the the elephant in the room because they. No one knew what to expect after they got blown out by Iowa. They go back home to face a Michigan State team that's actually ranked ahead of them and in the rankings. Them. It wasn't even close. Um, we buried them last week. Now we're kind of, okay, let's get the shovels. Let's get them back up. Ah, it's They're right there. I mean, if they win out, they've got a good chance of making it. Um, and we'll get to the playoff here in a second, but I do want to share something. I, I tweeted this yesterday. They have a really good chance. Yeah, they do. Because they I'm really just thinking chance. through it, like your SEC champ, no matter how many losses, is going to be in, mm-hmm. but now the loser of that game's probably out unless it's Bama. Well, I say, Bama loses yeah. the title game and it's their first loss, that could be the team that keeps Ohio State out. Even if Alabama loses in the Iron Bowl, they might still have a good chance because they're Alabama. But if Alabama wins out... um. Good chance Ohio State's in. Yeah, yeah. I think Alabama determines Ohio State's well, I, fate. I actually, I've got a, I've got a game here. We're gonna play in a second. Game? I like games. Um, Let me check my phone because I tweeted earlier to see if anybody had questions. Well, okay, but no, but I, you, I tweeted this but earlier roll. with JT Barrett. We've, you know, we've talked about him a lot on this podcast. What about his draft prospects? Uh, so I, I, I don't out, think he's an NFL player, which means late round someone will pick him. I texted three scouts and asked them, "What will Barrett be drafted?" First one said, let me make sure I'm getting this right. First one says, my gut says no. Second one said, probably, but not by us. And the third one said, oh yeah, he is this year's Dobbs. Well, Dobbs couldn't play. Of course, referring to Joshua Dobbs, who was a mid-round pick to the Steelers. So were his intangibles just incredible? Because he he had bad tape. He couldn't play. Uh, The intangibles were off the charts. Smart. He's a leader. Uh, But he had a physical skill set. And that's what JT Barrett has. Uh, He probably doesn't have as strong of an arm as Dobbs. But he's, and he's not very tall, but he's thick. He's a very good athlete. Uh, and the intangibles are through the roof. So uh, JT Barrett, it, it's, I think there's a good chance he'll be at the senior bowl. Um, good chance he does get drafted by a team looking to, uh, you know, look at the resume, look at the intangibles. Some team will take a chance on that. Um, but it would be good to see him in Mobile, see how he'd perform there. Lamar Jackson, a little bit of a forgotten guy because Louisville is basically a 500 team this year, but he went over 100 yards rushing for the fourth straight game. As a passer against Virginia, a little bit of mixed results. Um, I charted every one of his throws, and it was basically the same thing we've seen. Uh, on throws under 15 yards, he was accurate. 16 of 17 throws. Really impressive. On throws 16-plus yards, he had 10 of them. Only four were accurate. And that's really been... I think he's improved with his touch, with his timing. I was looking at my Twitter. This is Lamar? Yeah. Okay. But downfield, that's where he he's really struggled, and that's where there's going to be a lot of a lot of doubt about his NFL transition because... Isn't he, that still first round, though? In my mind, yeah. But in the NFL's mind, I don't know. Uh, I mean, 
The closest thing to probably Lamar Jackson that we've seen in recent years, RG3 maybe, he went second overall, but he flamed out pretty quickly. Right. Um, now, maybe he wouldn't have flamed out if he never hurt a knee. Yeah, the ACL, who knows how much that had play into it. But again, with but Lamar's a threat to do that too. Exactly. Because he's not going to be a guy that doesn't run in the right. league. He's going to run. Exactly. When Lamar Jackson has, he's not a big guy. I mean, he's height-wise, he's fine, but he has a leaner frame. I mean, he's put on some muscle, but he's not a thick dude. So, you know, it, it's... I think this is going to be a fascinating quarterback class. Oh, no question. Because you can watch no Rosen play and you're like, that looks like the quarterback position right. supposed to be played Clean. when he's on. Yeah. But... Give me the the guys who have the ups and downs. Which, well, he has ups and downs, mm-hmm. but give me the athletic guys because right. I just I think that's I think that's where the NFL is going. Like well, you can be the guy that looks like Marino when you're on, but give me the dude that's going to escape and extend plays and make plays and well, and that's why run. Baker has a very good chance of going top twenty because not only does he have that athleticism, but he has the arm too. And I mean that touchdown pass, the tight end. Uh, in in that game yeah. was phenomenal. I mean, just perfect touch, perfect placement. The just, running back, too. The one where he sent Rodney Anderson down yeah. the middle. They ran the Saquon Barkley, and yeah. it's like it's perfectly covered, but right. you just put it on the guy, the defender's helmet and let your guy take it from him. He's, great he makes throw, play. great catch. Yeah, I mean, it really was. Uh, and that's what separates Mayfield. And Lauren Jackson had one of those throws. One of the touchdowns he threw against Virginia was a perfectly uh, perfect touch pass uh, it wasn't a, a, a deep pass. I mean, they were already in the red zone, but perfectly placed over the uh, corner shoulder right into the hands of the receiver. So Lamar Jackson has some of that. Just need to see some more of it down the field. Um, the thing is, is that all of these, the runners, like they had team success, even if the numbers weren't beautiful. Vince Young, the numbers yeah. weren't beautiful, and he couldn't really throw by NFL standards. Right. And he won. Like, can, does Lamar throw it better than Vince? Yeah. And he's a better athlete. He's not quite as big. Not yeah. quite as big. Not nearly as big. Yeah. But that's but, the NFL's fault for caring right. that much about size. Yeah. But in today's. I know. It's weird to think. Like, what would we be talking about? He's a better runner and he's a better thrower than Vince Young. I'll take him. Yeah. But Vince Young also shouldn't have gone as high as he did. And yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's something that is. Will he be a first round pick? At the end of the day, I don't know because. Is RG3 a better thrower? Um, maybe. Yeah, he was so good on downfield throws. Yeah, he was so good connecting with uh, what's his name, Kendall Wright. Yeah, and, I mean, he was so good at Baylor. I mean, I get that was the Baylor offense. Um, I don't, you know, it, it, but RG three was a little bit better prospect. You think? I, I think so. Yeah, okay. just because he was he was more of a proven downfield guy. Uh, Baylor help, offense helps a lot. Um, but I don't know. We'll have to see with Lamar Jackson. Uh, a couple other guys I want to talk to, talk about. Josh Jackson out of Iowa, the corner. We had to talk about him. Holy cow. Did he just like show up this year? He, just he keeps, didn't, Yeah, he didn't start yet until this year. He just keeps intercepting all the passes, and now he runs them back. He is basically a wide receiver playing corner, and he has corner instincts, corner size, corner athleticism. Uh, Iowa only scored two touchdowns against Wisconsin, and he had both of them. Two pick <laughs> sixes. He now has five picks the last two weeks. He's, just, he's already has, he has a Thorpe Award. I mean, it's it's done. Uh, and I, I think he should be a first-round pick, yeah, the way he's been playing. Heck yeah. Uh, Senior Bowl invite started to go out. SMU receiver Cortland Sutton has received his. Has he picked it up at all? I know early in the season, stats-wise, it was like, where's Cortland? He has. He has picked it up a little bit, and I hope he goes to the Senior Bowl. He could be a top-three player there. Um, I want to see him. My, my biggest issue with him is play speed and NFL routes. 
you know, a lot of the questions we had with Laquan Treadwell, which have proven to be uh, a bigger issue than we thought they would be. I've heard he has a little bit of a playbook issue as well. It, a lot of it's mental. A lot of it's mental. Uh, and with Cortland Sutton, not saying the same is true with him, but going to the Senior Bowl will really help quell some of those concerns about you know running a full route tree and does he have the play speed to separate. So those one-on-one matchups, corner versus wide receiver at the Senior Bowl, uh, are so valuable. So I, hopefully Cortland Sutton accepts his invite. It'd be great to see him there. And then speaking of the Senior Bowl, Josh Allen, uh, I, he's going to be a first-round pick. I, I think we just need to accept it. Um, That's fine. I'll just blast whoever took him and say that they've made a bad pick. He was knocked out of the game on Saturday night. His AC joint had a sprain. Tried to come back in. Uh, it took one pass, and he took himself out. He was done. But the good news is it's not a tear, just a sprain. So he's day-to-day game-time decision for this weekend. But more importantly, he should be okay for the Senior Bowl. Hopefully this doesn't give him an excuse not to play in the Senior Bowl now. But uh, you know, hopefully he's healthy enough by late January where he plays because that's that's another uh, talking about JT Barrett how much he can gain from this from being in Mobile, Josh Allen especially a lot to gain from that. So let's all right, let's talk about the playoff predictions. All right, so Scani is going to be the first team out, even though they're still undefeated. Well, they I still just don't think they have the win. For the top it. four seems to be yeah. It's just a matter of right. order. Is like will Miami jump the one loss teams with that Notre Dame win? And I think that I think Alabama will be one. I think Alabama will be one. Uh, but will Miami jump OU and Clemson? Probably. I think they will too. So I would say Miami two, OU three, because they had the more impressive mm-hmm. win, and Clemson four. I agree. I think that'll be the top four. Um, two, three, four could be a little different based and on then the order. Scotty. But Wisconsin sitting there at five, and so okay. I think realistically, there are probably eight teams that are in it. Georgia, Alabama. Until six of them lose, As, and then yeah. we'll have to talk about new teams. As of right now. Uh, no, I mean, I, I really think these are the, eight, the four teams that come out of these eight. Okay. Bama, Auburn, Georgia. Yep. All still have a chance. Right. The SEC. OU. Yeah. You think TCU's probably dead? I think they're done. So OU's the only Big 12 team, yeah. probably with a shot. Miami, Clemson. Right. Ohio State, Scotty. Yep. Those are the eight I have. Look at that. So, okay. Got it. All right. Two scenarios for you. You tell me the last team in. Scenario one Alabama. They went out. Uh, Clemson wins out. They beat. They're both in. Oklahoma wins out. They're in. They're in. Where's the fourth spot go? Oh, and Ohio State wins the Big Ten. They went out. So it basically would come down to. The two loss Ohio State's going to go in over two loss Pac-12 team in Notre Dame. What about well, one loss Miami who lost, lost to a close game, title game to Clemson? I will take the conference champion because I actually think that Ohio State's probably the better team there. And I think I'll take the better team. I, in the past, I think we've seen the conference champion can be that, you know, that that what gets the team over the top. Uh, and I think that although Miami's only loss would be to a top team, team, and right. Ohio State's two losses would be to a playoff team and a. And remember, the committee cares more about your wins right. than your losses. Yeah, and Miami, they have that win over Notre Dame. That's probably that's easily their best win, right? And they, then it's like Virginia Tech, right? Um, and Ohio State, they would have wins over Penn State, Michigan State, Michigan, and Wisconsin, and undefeated Wisconsin, right? That probably gets them the edge yeah. over them. Okay, uh, we agree there. Scenario two: 
Auburn upsets Alabama, which after this weekend seems a lot more plausible. And then Auburn beats Georgia. Auburn's in. Auburn's in at two losses. Clemson, Oklahoma, and Wisconsin went out. So. Bama is out. Alabama's in. No, Auburn's in. Or I'm sorry. Auburn's in. Two loss SEC champ. One loss Big 12 champ Oklahoma. They're in. Undefeated Wisconsin. They're in. I'm guessing. Yeah. And so one loss Clemson. They're in and Bama is out. Yeah. Because they Bama's lost the title out. game. Yeah. I mean, Bama, for all the, they're Alabama and they're number one, if the committee's honest, they don't have the wins. No, they don't have the wins. Their most impressive win is, if to this point, is Mississippi State, which they barely squeaked out. Yeah, and they were Um, barely ranked, right? Mississippi State was in the high teens or something. Uh, They beat LSU. I mean, that wasn't a close game, but it wasn't a blowout either. So, you know, it's, yeah, I think you're right. Alabama doesn't have, I mean, Florida State, that looked like a great win for about a week. And yep. that we know what that is now. And so it's. Alabama doesn't have the resume. They've just got the name. Until they, the Iron Bowl. If right. they beat Auburn. And then, then the SEC title game. Right. And so what if Georgia beats Alabama in the SEC title game? Oh, no. Because then they'd have the Auburn win. And then I think, I mean, the SEC still has a chance to get two teams in. Might not be the most likely scenario, they chance, but they have a chance. But it would be made easier if Basically, Ohio State has another loss somewhere, and can they still win the conference that way? Can they still get to the title game if they lose a game? Um, or technically, they could lose to Illinois this weekend and still do it. But I, well, I'm just trying likely. to find my way to get two SEC teams. Okay, in. well, let's say, otherwise I think it's going to be tough. Okay, let's say that a two-loss Big Ten champ. Or, oh, you know what would help them? What would help them is if OU lost the Big 12 title game. Yeah, that would help. Then two SEC t- t- uh, teams could go. So you would take a two-loss Ohio State champ over a one-loss Alabama who had lost a close game to Georgia in the SEC championship game. Who they and so th- Yeah, because if I'm the committee and I'm being honest, they don't have the resume. But they would have an Auburn win. They have a win. The Auburn win would look, would look good, and they lost... Barely lose to George on a neutral field, which honestly... And they've already beaten them. The SEC championship game, well, they haven't beat... Alabama hasn't beat Georgia. The SEC championship game is I'm in... I'm sorry, Auburn beat Georgia. Basically a lost. home game for right. Georgia. I, that, it would be an interesting discussion because you can't forget... I mean, it, you're human. You can't really let go of the Alabama cachet that, that it brings yeah. and Saban and all that to... Go the entire season without a loss, except for the final game, the SEC championship game. You barely lose a squeaker to Georgia. And Ohio State has two got blown one out. One much worse loss. Right. And one similar loss. And we've seen in Ohio State. And see, like, you can't, I'd keep Ohio State out because I'm an Ohio State hater. So yeah, I could keep them out and put Bam in in that scenario. That'd be a fascinating one to see how they would handle that. Because conference championship matters. Uh, and it's two big brands. Two, yeah, you can't go wrong, really. Uh could they keep Alabama out? I'd be that'd be fascinating. Um, Heisman, do we even need to talk about it? I mean, I think uh, it's uh, Baker's Heisman to lose. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, if you want to, if you want to fill in the blanks after that, it's Baker Mayfield's Heisman well, to lose. I do think we need to talk about Carryon Johnson. Just mention his name because think about it. If he in the Iron Bowl, he the stage is set for him. Yeah, the, what he's done the last few weeks against Alabama in the Iron Bowl. If he goes off and then against Georgia again. I mean, he has, it's going to be tough to catch Baker, but if Baker, say he stumbles a little bit against West Virginia or whoever, and on Johnson goes off, you can't rule him out. I'll tell you what, 
West Virginia can score a little bit, and OU yeah. still has a bad defense. Yeah, they it's do. not impossible. No, in the Big Twelve, we've seen weirder stuff happen. So it's uh, that that'll be interesting. Um, any good questions this week? I got a ton of them. I don't know if we have time for a ton of them. Hold on, let me get to them. Just stand there, look pretty, Dane. I'll well, be with you in a second. Here we go. I'm in. Okay. Tell me all about the linebackers. Ask Dane what each of them had for breakfast, because he probably knows that too. <laughs> I don't think Dane knows that, but the teams that need linebacker help, what does the very top of that look like? Uh, a couple SEC guys, Roquan Smith, the Georgia linebacker, he's he's a magnet to the ball, play speed's outstanding, tick undersized, um, you know, we see that sometimes uh, show up, but Roquan Smith's outstanding. Rashawn Evans at Alabama's, he's so much fun to watch. Uh, Mentality-wise, like the play speed and the uh, the aggressiveness that he plays with reminds you a little bit of Reuben Foster. Um, he's he's a big guy, 6'2", 235 pounds. Uh, he can rush the passer. He can play. I want to see him a little more in coverage before you know we give him a final grade, but there's a lot to like about Rashawn Evans, uh, and he's kind of the last man standing for Alabama in that linebacker group. Uh, a couple more underclassmen, Tremaine Edmonds from Virginia Tech. Malik Jefferson from Texas is going to be an interesting one because he's so athletic. Uh, but the instincts, they're, they're just not there yet. They're underdeveloped. So that'll be interesting to watch. But uh, a couple linebackers to watch this year in the top 40, top 50 picks. Between middle linebacker, or I guess you could say inside linebacker, and offensive tackles in this draft, which group is smaller and will be gone quickly? Well, offensive tackles will always go quicker. I mean, they're just there's it's supply and demand. And this year, the offensive tackle classes, it's hard to get excited about it. Mike McGlinchey from Notre Dame's a top senior. Um, I think he'll end up in the first round uh, just because uh, of the need that is there in the NFL. He's a much better run blocker than he is in pass protection. He's not bad in pass protection. He just has some troubles versus edge speed at times. Um, the one to watch is really is Connor Williams from Texas. He's missed basically this entire year. Uh, he's trying to come back this weekend uh, for Texas uh, against West Virginia. We'll see if he can and what he looks like when he's back on the field. Last year, his tape looked like a first-round pick. This year against Maryland, he looked terrible. And then, of course, he had the injuries. So, Connor Williams, he's kind of the wild card in all this. I think he's gone. He's leaving after this year. Um, if he wasn't, I, I think he would have had the surgery, but instead he, he didn't. So, I think he's gone. And then you have a few interesting guys. Uh, Orlando Brown from Oklahoma. He's just – he's a – He's a big dude who blocks out the sun. Uh, he's not that you're what you typically draw up in a left tackle, but he's there's a lot to like about him. So Orlando Brown's interesting. Mitch Hyatt's interesting. Uh, these these offensive tackle class, we've got a lot to figure out. Uh, Dalton on Twitter says early edge rankings. I think I'm higher and lower on some than others. Looking to hear from Dane on his early list. Well, the seniors, you have Bradley Chubb and then Harold Landry, Boston College, has kind of fallen off. He's been invisible this year. Um, Bradley Chubb's the top guy. I think he's pencil him in your top 10. Um, and then Marcus Davenport from UT San Antonio, he's making a surge. He's going to have a big pre-draft process. Wouldn't shock me if he's in the first-round discussion when it's all said and done. And then Arden Key's finally playing the Garden Key again, so that's good to see. The off-field stuff, um, you know, I... It, it might be compared to Randy Gregory, not as bad, but you know you just kind of worry about it. We'll see how that plays out. Uh, the two Clemson dudes, Austin Bryant and Farrell, I think both those guys have a chance to be in the first round. 
Um, it's 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 an interesting class. There's some there's some guys that you really like the athleticism. Guys like Jeff Holland from Auburn, Josh Sweat from Florida State, uh, Mata Offa from Washington State's really fun. So I like the potential of this this edge class. No no kidding. Uh, last question is Dane. Tell us about smoking a turkey. Uh, you know, I've I've smoked turkey breast. I've never done a whole turkey. What do you do? My dad fries the turkey. He's got the little fryer. He worries about burning the house down, but it comes out very moist and delicious. Oh, yeah. If you're going to fry it and you know what you're doing, then that's the best way to do it. Yeah. Smoking. Because it's hard to keep a turkey moist. No, it is. And with frying, you get that, you know, the skin gets all nice and crunchy. When you smoke, that's the toughest part when you do a whole bird is, is the, whether it's chicken, whether it's turkey, is just the skin. It doesn't doesn't get that crunch that you want. Um, it, it gets a little soft, a little rubbery. Um, now the, the taste is great. No matter what you do, just brine. That, that's, that's step number one, brine your bird. That is the best way to get the be- most flavor out of whatever you're What cooking. does that mean? Like soak it in the salt water? Salt. Yeah. They, they, they've got different packages you can get, but I just, I do a cup of sugar, brown sugar, a cup of uh, salt, and then some spices, some rosemary, some different things like that, some garlic. Overnight, 24 hours, uh, not even 24 hours, 12 to 18 hours is all you need. Uh, that's the best way to get your bird more juicy, more tender. Uh, that's the first step you need to do. That's what you're here for, Dane. All right, he's at DP Brugler on Whoa, Twitter. Wait, real quick, we got to do next I'm at JC1053 on Twitter, and we're so excited to preview <laughs> next week. I have good news and bad news. Not a great schedule. The good news is week 13 is awesome. Bad news is this is week 12. Oh, dang. So, uh, yeah, it's... Unless there's an upset. We have Michigan at Wisconsin. That'll be probably a ranked game. Um, And then a couple games later, USC, UCLA, the battle of the uh, quarterbacks. The chosen ones. Yeah, exactly. So that'll be interesting. But The tall white dudes that throw good. My advice... If you have like a honeydew list or you have something you have to do for the girlfriend, the wife, the family, whatever, get it done this weekend because you want to make sure you free up the following weekend, uh, the Friday, Saturday after Thanksgiving for all that college football, college football action. So, Well, follow me on Twitter. Get it done. Because we're going to have my friend Kevin Turner will have a watch party and we're doing it early this Saturday. We're doing it early. Nice. Because there's a couple early games that we decided are good enough to we're do at. it. Uh, I don't remember. Okay. That's why I said follow me on Twitter. There you go. Yeah, I don't remember. That's how you promote stuff. Perfect. But if you're in the DFW area, I'm looking for you Saturday morning. We're going to have a great time. We good? We're good. We're good. All right, we'll see you next week. Trust the tape and stuff. Hey, give us a five-star review for crying out loud. And why don't you tell a friend about the podcast? Say it's the best podcast there is, the best there was, and perhaps the best there ever will be. And you got to listen. And uh, so five-star review us. Don't do four. It's disrespectful, and it makes people think we're not good. So do five, and then leave your favorite farm animal as a comment. Thanks. We'll see you next week. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.